Hey, hey, everyone. What we're going to talk about today is something near and dear to my heart. It's all about living up to your potential in your business. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, friends, I'm so excited about this particular episode. And I will tell you, I've been brewing up for it for a long time. The original thought for it has actually been on my social media calendar since the beginning of October. And it's not that I didn't have time. It's not that I didn't have space in my schedule. It was more that I wanted to wait until I felt like I could really do it justice. And something happened this week that finally led me to believe it was time to share this message with you guys. So I'm really excited about it. It's going to be kind of in two parts because this episode topic was originally inspired by a quote I read in a book I was reading last fall, but then it also kind of all came to a head because of a fun story that happened to me in my world this week. So part one is all about this quote from J.M. Barry, which John C. Maxwell referenced in his book, The 15 Laws of Invaluable Growth. And first of all, I love Maxwell books. Uh, this book and his another one of his books called No Limits, which is all about building up your capacity in different areas of your life, are some of my favorite nonfiction reading, just for the record. Going to put those plugs out there. Uh, but also, I really liked this particular quote that John Maxwell referenced from J.M. Barry of the I Wrote Peter Pan fame. And just for the record, J.M. Barry was a fascinating person. And if you haven't seen the movie Finding Neverland, you should go check it out because it was a really, really good look into his life and where he drew inspiration. More on that in just a minute, of course. But first, the quote, The life of every man is a diary in which he means to write one story and writes another. And his humblest hour is when he compares the volume as it is with what he hoped to make it. And then John Maxwell goes on to continue. I think anyone who is honest with himself realizes that he falls short of where he could and should be in life. Unlike what Tom Hanks said as Forrest Gump, life is not a box of chocolates. It's more like a jar of jalapenos. What we do today might burn our butts tomorrow. Okay, so humor aside, I want to break that one down. So the life of every man being a diary, and at the end of a chunk of time, you compare it with the one that you actually intended to write, i.e. your life as it currently is with your life as you had hoped it would be. And I think this can be a very sobering moment, especially if you have this realization later in life when you feel like maybe it's too late to rectify the situation, or maybe it's too late to make the kind of changes that would make you proud of the volume that you're writing. From what I know of J.M. Barry, he did observe a lot of people, probably some in the prime of their life and probably in those end of life days. And I think entrepreneurs in particular have these kinds of moments a little more often than the average population. And I think one of the reasons for that is because entrepreneurs fail so often. And whereas a lot of people out there would choose to fail and stop, entrepreneurs often choose to fail forward. You know, it's not fun realizing that your business is not going the way you intended. It's not fun realizing that you are at a brick wall and you don't know how to either go through it or climb over it or even turn around and walk the other direction. It's it's difficult. But when something's not working, it's not a failure. It's an opportunity to adjust. And I think as entrepreneurs, we are given these opportunities way more often than we actually take advantage of. And when it comes down to realizing that your business is not doing what you intended to do, you have a choice. You can choose to adjust or you can choose to stick with the status quo. And I think those status quo people, they're what I call the beige people. 
So I think we probably all have an adult friend that kind of eats like a toddler. You know, they only want foods of a certain color category, anywhere from beige to brown. French fries, mashed potatoes, chicken nuggets, apple slices with the peel taken off. Like, it's all kind of boring looking food. Anytime I make a full meal and my whole dish is the same color, I'm a little bit disappointed with myself because it means I'm probably not getting the variety of nutrients that most meals potentially could have, right? That beige people thing, it really just hits ahead with me though, because I talk a lot about having a watered down message. Back in episode 113, I talked all about how it's your responsibility to get your message out into the world, especially if you know that what you're doing will help people. That responsibility is 100% lost. You cannot get your message out into the world if it sounds like everybody else's. That whole sea of sameness thing, that is where the beige people live, reside, and probably die. Now, I want to kind of move into the second segment of this episode because I want to tell you guys what it's meant to me putting all of the things I'm good at into a message. Last week's guest, Lisa Princek, said it really, really well in a way that resonated with me. She said, because we were talking about niching, of course, she said that it's really hard to choose what to do when you're good at a lot of things. And now this is the big caveat part of the episode, you guys. I want to make it really clear I am not saying this to collect accolades. I am not saying this to puff up my chest or flaunt my peacock feathers, although I do kind of miss having my peacock hair in this moment. But I am one of those people. I am good at a lot of things. Ugh, it feels kind of slimy even just saying that, so I apologize. I will say it more confidently. I am good at a lot of things. And I say this not to collect accolades, like I said, but I say this because I've worked damn hard to say it. I have worked very hard to become good at a lot of things. And we were actually just before I recorded this, we were at a friend's house earlier this morning and our friends, like the husband's super into Rubik's Cubes and he's been paying his kids to learn how to solve them. You know, it promotes a different way of learning in their head. It helps them fire synapses. There's so many good things about it. But he offered Finn, my nine-year-old, the exact same opportunity today. And Dale is his name. He broke down learning how to solve a Rubik's Cube in like eight steps. And Finn mastered four of them today. So he's all super excited about that, of course. But one of the things that we were talking about after Finn made these big accomplishments is that, you know, when Dale first offered him this opportunity, Finn was like, no, I'm good. I don't want to. I'm not in the mood to do that right now. And I knew exactly what was going on because I am that person, or I should say my my son is is just like me. When presented with an opportunity of something that I'm not good at, I tend to shy away at it. I don't often like to try things, especially not in public, that I'm not very good at. And I think that's the curse of someone who's actually good at a lot of things. We don't like to try things that we're not good at because we're so comfortable in the zone of being good at something. Now, I want to point out here, you guys, I am not good at everything. I've definitely called out myself and my lack of keeping rhythm and my not so wonderful singing voice on this show before. But I'm also not good at basically anything requiring coordination. I can't like drink through a straw and walk at the same time. Definitely not great at sports, you know, like lots of things I'm not good at, but because I'm good at a lot of other kinds of things and my son kind of takes after me, I recognized what was going on. He didn't want to try to solve the Rubik's Cube because if he failed, it wouldn't feel good. So with that whole curse of the person who's good at a lot of things in mind, I want to share something that I did and I've actually been doing over the last couple months. 
it's rare to find someone who can offer a certain set of skills to you in your online marketing business, in your personal branding business, in whatever you're doing as an online entrepreneur. And and I'm one of those people. So this is the, the me being a little bit boastful here. <laughs> I've worked really hard to say this, but I have a background in photography and graphic design. I'm very good at both of them. And I have a mind equally comfortable in the analytical, strategic, like knit everything apart kind of world. So when you put those two together, it is very rare. It's no surprise that when you put those two together, I'm actually really good at funnel strategy, copywriting, and design. It's really rare to find someone who's good at all three, but even more rare to find someone who can offer it all at one time. It's like a triple whammy. And it's good for me. I have great fun doing it. I geek out over it. And because I do excel at all the parts, it's something that comes out really well for both me and my clients. Now, Thursday night, I had had a very busy day, especially since I don't normally work very much on Thursdays, but I finished a report on an intensive for one of my clients, and I moved another client's website to a new domain, set up her course platform on a subdomain, and I thought, hey, I haven't done that much today. Maybe I'll go fill out my phase three exam and, uh, you know, finally submit the thing. So since the end of November, I have been working on my Master Marketers certification through Funnel Gorgeous's FG Society. And... Phase one was all about offer strategy, funnel offers, business offers, value ladders, client journeys, all of that fun stuff. Phase two was all on copywriting and phase three was all on design. And I'll be the first to admit I was the most confident in the design portion moving forward. Again, my background in photography and graphic design helped a lot there. But phase three also required you to submit your final project, which you were theoretically working on throughout the whole course of everything, right? And I had had that project sitting there basically completed for three weeks, basically, because, you know, I'd go back and fiddle and I would tweak this and I would do this. And basically it was just sitting there. Now, I was also very much buried in client work for the past three weeks. And while that's a great problem to have, I not really felt like I had focused on the final project, but it was mostly done. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get it all put together and I'm going to submit it and I'm going to fill out my exam and and I'm going to do it. So I submitted it on Thursday night. And then Friday, as I was getting home from our homeschool community day with my nine-year-old, got home just after one, sat down on my computer at at 1.30. I had just a few minutes to spare before I had a, a meeting with my accountability group and I saw a Facebook tag. And truthfully, I was barely looking at it. I was kind of just clicking and then I walked away to grab a snack. And I came back to see, guess who's the latest master marketer? All right, guys, the answer to that is this girl right here. You can't see me, but I'm pointing at myself because I did it. Now, here's the thing. I already knew I was good at these things. I knew I would pass the third phase as easily as I did the first two certifications. But even after all of that, I almost cried a little. Why? Because validation is a great thing. Validation is fantastic and we should all do more of it. Now, I'm not normally the type that's going to hop on this podcast and tell you all about this cool thing that I did, but here's the reality. This is about you too. The reason it's about you is because I was already good at these things before I took this certification. I already was offering it to clients. I was already happily helping clients with their business in all three of these areas. And even so, I decided to take the certification because one, it's nice to be able to prove it to people. It's always nice to have the, you know, little uh, badge next to your name for certain types of people. But also, I did it because I wanted to be able to help people in a different way. And, And this is where it's more about you. It's meant something to me that I can do this, of course, but it all comes down to personal branding. That's what this show has been about since 2016. But with the word branding in 
well, anything, comes a whole slew of education that has to come with it because branding is not just logos. It's not just colors. We've talked about this on the show extensively, of course, but a lot of people still think it is. I can tell people that I work with people on their brand strategy and all of that, and they'll hear me say, you know, a paragraph worth of information and say, so like, you do logos? And my answer is always like, no, I mean, yes, I can do your logo, but that's not what I am all about. Your logo is just one small application of your brand. And I still get that look. And I've been calling myself a brand strategist for quite some time, but I haven't been happy with that title because what I do for my clients is so much more than that. It is a business direction. It is the answer to what should I do next? It is the answer to, should I partner with this person? Should I offer this offer? Should I change to this strategy? Should I move to this kind of funnel? It's the answer to all of that. And brand strategy doesn't quite convey that. So I asked my mastermind a month ago, what do I call myself? Like I do this, 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 and this, and I don't want to explain that whole paragraph to people every time I'm asked. And we bounced around a bunch of ideas. We came up with some like super fun ones like client cartographer. I still might use that at times. We'll see. But it's, it wasn't clear enough to me. And finally, with the help of a few people, uh, thank you, Emily Hirsch, as one of them, it's just content and marketing strategy. That is what I do. Content strategy gets people's eyes on you. Marketing strategy keeps their eyes on you. So me doing this certification was a great way to get some eyes on me, but also a wonderful way to help other people do the same for their business in multiple arenas at one time. That whole authentic automated marketing thing, it is served so well in this area. I know marketers love throwing around fun terms like your unique selling proposition and it's all just a fancy way to say what is different about you from the next person. I've told you a little bit about that for me, the triple whammy, right? Having all of those things that I'm good at in one way of working with me. I'm thrilled to be able to offer that to you guys. I've talked a little bit about the Biz GPS Intensive on here. It's the perfect way to get that 30,000 foot view on your business. What's working here? What's not working over there? How can we make them all work together and get you more clients that you can help? That's what it's all about. But reality is there aren't that many unique things in this world. They're all just little snippets from a few different areas you put together in a unique way. And that's where we get to you guys. You are here to learn, to grow your personal brand, to practice authentic automated marketing. And I've just given you one more reason to stick around because if I, while working only 20 hours a week and managing a group program and client work, if I can finish this certification in two months, then you can do your thing too. You can launch the podcast. You can finally put all of your amazing ideas and content together in a digital product offer. You can write your book. You can show up every week on live stream or your blog or whatever area you excel in. You can do the thing that you got into business for in the first place because you know that you're resting on the backbone of a marketing system that works for you. You can be your own triple threat. You can take those things that you're good at, throw them in a pot, mix them all up, pour them out into a completely unique cake batter because no one else is putting them together the exact same way that you are. You have that ability, just like I explained my journey over the last little while here on this podcast, and I can't wait to see what you do with it. Like I said about the Biz GPS earlier, you need that 30,000 foot view into your business. I highly recommend contacting me, seeing if it's the next right step for you. I have been having so much fun offering these to clients for the last little while, and the ahas and the clicks and the wonderful things that are happening as a result are so fun to see. I would love to do that for you too. 
Hey friends, if you enjoyed the content of this podcast episode, can I ask you to please rate and review me on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform that you are listening to this show on. Not only does that let me know which content you guys like best so I can provide more of it for you, it helps other people find this show and the information within it as well. All right, guys, talk to you next week.